Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 40, and I am your co-host, Nigel. I am Tazzy, streamer and co-host. And our guests today are the digital marketing advisor and creative producer from Melanin Gamers, Laura and Donovan. Hello and welcome to you both. Hello, good to be here. Thank you so much for inviting us back. Hey, thanks. Uh, it seems you haven't learned your lesson. No, on. no we are <laughs> slow learners um, on this podcast. <laughs> it, it takes about uh, three, maybe three appearances, then we start making judgments. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, so yeah, both Laura and Donovan were with us on episode 31, which, uh, what was that? We talked about video game adaptations. So we've got kind of a similar theme for this episode with anime adaptations. We'll see if it goes in the similar direction i have a feeling it will but uh yeah <laughs> we'll see how it happens um so to remind everyone you can subscribe to us on apple podcasts and spotify uh, and wherever you get your podcast from you can also send us feedback and questions to feedback at myamada.com or shout at us on social media at myamada on twitter at myamadatees on instagram or at tazzy on both uh, before we get into the main discussion, I'm just going to give a quick update from the Mayamada universe. So because this is like a time-sensitive thing, I just want to uh, wedge it in here. But we do have a Kickstarter that is live uh, for our next manga, Serious Through the Fog. So I've spoken about this on previous episodes. Um, and if you follow us uh, on online anywhere, hopefully you would have uh, seen this. But um as you do with kickstarters once you go live it's non-stop promotion on it so that's what i'm about to do uh, so we've got a story from the serious uh, world which follows on from the volume one story and it sees blake and his team facing up to their toughest challenge when a pandemic unexpectedly hits their world and what i wanted to do with this story is take some of my own uh sort of i guess experiences and things i've seen from this uh, very real global pandemic and create a fictional pandemic in which i could uh to be honest uh process my own thoughts let me just like be honest i was like one of the first thing just uh somewhere to like think through everything uh that has just happened in the last six months which has been crazy but also create a story from that for uh, readers in general but young readers in particular um to focus on the i guess like the sort of positive outcomes and lessons that can still be sort of had even in a time like this or even because of times like this so the story kind of uh, explores the impact on the uh the main characters of blake and his team uh, the impact on their dreams and the mental toll on each member as they try and get through sort of this uh, pandemic. Um, the campaign, well, currently, I think last time I checked at 70% uh, of the target and it ends on October the 5th. So we want to keep the momentum going, uh, hit our goal and hopefully get our ways uh, beyond the funding goal. So yeah, if you're listening and you're interested, please do check out the Kickstarter. We will put links to that in the show notes. But as I said, if you're following us online, uh, hopefully you've seen multiple tweets about it uh, already. All right, so that's enough about the Mayamada stuff. Let's talk about anime adaptations. And today we're talking about, I imagine, probably mostly Western anime ad adaptations, but not necessarily limited to that. Um, and this kind of came from just a simple question, uh, who are they for? 
really, because uh, I was wondering that uh, recently after some of the recent uh, entries. So we've got things like uh, Netflix's Death Note. We've got uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, uh, Elisa, Battle Angel, Ghost in the Shell. Uh, we were talking before uh, before we started recording about uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. There's uh, a bunch. Not all of them have been well-received. Um, all of them are um, sort of well-received by critics uh, and fans, which are obviously like separate audiences that we can look at. So, yeah, I just wanted to see like, you know, similar to the video game adaptation discussions, who are they for? Like, why do we think they go wrong and how can they be better? So I want to start and maybe we can start with our, our guest, Lauren Donovan, is just find out what adaptations people have seen and whether they've enjoyed them or not. So uh, we've kind of like slowly been making our way through a few adaptations. I mean, there's a few that we saw before just because of all the hype around them. Like you mentioned Death Note, for example. I feel like I feel like Death Note is such a big anime. For like, it's just one of those anime that a lot of people have seen. If you're into anime, chances are you're a big fan of Death Note. So we saw that uh, quite a while ago. But um, other than that, we've kind of caught a few Netflix adaptations. So we unfortunately saw the Mob Psycho adaptation. Uh, we have seen oh, uh, we the Kagiri uh, adaptation. Oh, Kagiri, well. yes. Uh, we tried to brave through the Full Metal Alchemist, and that was you know when we turn off the platform, <laughs> you know it's oh it's, wow, it's a hot mess. So bad, in, yeah. Uh, so and not in the good bad because I I know <laughs> the good oh, bad is is good, but the bad bad is. Bad. I, forget, I don't know what I'm saying, but you know what no, I'm No, you're completely <laughs> on spot on on that one. Like that one in particular, Fullmetal Alchemist, we'll go into it, but my God, what a dumpster fire that was. Like, wow. Mm. But we have had some like hidden gems as well. Like I remember we, we picked up a random one called uh, Crying Freeman, which yeah. is like, it's, it's a very old school manga dash anime, which is, it's obscured. And even now it's obscured, mm. but that was honestly a good Matinee film to kind of watch. I would actually say that because the thing is, we've seen the anime, it's based off as well. It's better than the anime, honestly, mm. because the anime is ridiculous. So it actually does a better job of becoming a fully fledged film. Uh. But uh, yeah, we've uh, we've seen a few of them now. Um, how about you guys? Um, so I'm trying to think what I've watched that I haven't wiped from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you just yeah. with the neuralizer, just like after every <laughs> session, but they are that bad. Um, yeah, I think the only one that I really sticks in my mind, and I'm sure like my memory get jogged as we're watching, uh, but is for my all alchemist, and I honestly didn't think it was that bad. Ooh, uh, interesting, yeah, okay. look um, at that is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like I'll give like a quick thing, but it's just for me, uh, it's how much does something capture the 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 like message and themes of something? Yeah, rather than like and like uh, how it captures some of like the running the atmosphere or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like it done that as much as you could in like the anime is excellent and there's no way they would have been able to reach that like you just can't <laughs> uh but yeah as as adaptations go um and then i remember watching death note as well uh which i thought was wasn't great um, nah, that one wasn't fantastic um <laughs> in fact, you touch on a super interesting point there when you said 
you know, in some aspects that you really quite enjoyed Full Metal Alchemist, like it got the themes correct like, uh, and the message. I think that's entirely possible when you're viewing these kind of adaptations. It's quite context sensitive because if you view it as you want a one for one, I mean, like you said, you're never going to get that Full Metal Alchemist. I don't think it would have been possible either. But I, I just think that's a super interesting point that, you know, you might enjoy it more if you watch it from a certain kind of context. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've not seen either of those, but I've seen uh, the one that came to mind is uh, so, so one of the ones I mentioned, Ghost in the Shell, mm-hmm. uh, which I just remember being very, just like it was fine. It was just, <laughs> it was ironically, it was a shell of the, yeah. um, the actual thing. It was very much just, it looked like, it looked like it was all there, mm-hmm. but just like nothing inside it. Um, and uh, what was it? Oh, uh, Elita Battle Angel oh, yeah. mentioned. Um, oh, there's one I'm, I couldn't bring. So a couple I couldn't bring myself to watch, as uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned before we were recording, is uh, is Death Note. And uh, I did briefly consider uh, seeing what they had done to Avatar Last Airbender. <gasps> oh, you haven't watched it yet? You haven't seen that I one? Was, I was just not. Uh, it's it's too soon. I, I don't because <laughs> so we our last episode or last two episodes we talked about uh, the series, mm-hmm. uh, the original series Avatar: The Last Airbender, and for me, I just like uh, I just thought it's a fantastic story, and I'm not ready to have that memory sullied by uh, <laughs> whatever the the film adaptation uh, is because I've just heard nothing. I've I've seen some sort of analysis and, and reviews, and we can talk a bit about that because I'm quite interested to know for that in particular the. I guess the journey from the original series to the film and to the sort of uh, planned Netflix live action, but yeah, I just couldn't. Uh, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Sorry. I I don't blame you. I really, really don't like. Yeah. I I enjoyed Avatar as a series. I think it's really good, but it's been it's been quite a while since I I did enjoy it. It's been a while since I watched it, so it's like I was nice and removed from those pleasant memories. So I completely <laughs> feel you that you couldn't quite bring yourself for, to it right now yeah i don't even i'm i'm like about 85 percent sure i watched ghost in the shell (laughs) (laughs) i cannot remember like but i i'm pretty sure like i sat down and watched it because i i'm i remember having a conversation about it but i can't remember watching it (laughs) that's definitely more of an indictment of the film than you like i won't blame you for that 85 percent I've got wow. to admit, I watched that movie twice because I'm a big fan of Ghost in the yeah, Shell. Same now. And I probably couldn't tell you too much about the plot either, honestly. Like, no. uh, I feel like I remember having a conversation around it being like, oh, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as I thought like it like it been made out to be. But I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> so like, was that comment valid? <laughs> because... Yeah, true. <laughs> maybe it should have stuck in my head more if it wasn't that bad. Like, yeah. So <laughs> I mean, because so the thing I, I think about when I see these ad- adaptations in general, obviously we'll we'll talk specifically about uh, anime adaptations here. But like, just who are they for? Because I guess the idea is you want to take an existing property that already has a fan base, and then create new fans through a different medium, but like all too often it it turns out that they're they're not that good so they don't necessarily hold true to the original so you're not pleasing the original fans and in some cases you're angering them you're actually going the opposite way and then you're making 
as we've just seen with Ghost in the Shell, <laughs> subpar <laughs> uh, film story. So what's yeah what's the point <laughs> where that's pretty much like why you're all here to answer <laughs> that question is what's the point is it like is it like a like a creative creativity thing is it uh yeah I, I don't know anyone wanna I'm as you can tell I'm really like baffled by these it's such an interesting question as well though because there's no one solid answer because why something like Ghost in the Shell was made might be something totally different than why something like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure was made in terms of adaptations Because the one thing I super noticed watching Jojo was that this is a thousand percent for the fans because there's no way in hell anyone else would understand what the heck is going on here. But the thing is, that's kind of Jojo to its core. If you're not already on board with it, it's going to leave you behind. Like it's, it's not that bothered about getting new people on board because I'm not exactly sure why that was, but I think in making that decision, it's why it worked. And it's why it worked as well as it did. I think. Are you talking about the film itself or the sort of original? Because the obviously the original uh, has its own sort of unique. Um, to be uh, fair, appeal. exactly. I mean, I think it in this context, I'm talking about the film, like the live action film. is going to leave you behind if you haven't seen, you know, the original anime. But it's kind of the same with the anime. It's you know, it's never going to wait for you to catch up with it. It's like no. you're either on board. Oh, we're leaving. We're on this ridiculous yeah. adventure. You just come along for the ride. And a, a lot of anime and a lot of manga have been going for like years and yonks. So the core fundamental fan base is already there. They're already solidified. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. most cases is that they're going to bring out a film. They know it's going to do okay or rubbish, but it's a secondary uh, like market. It's the yes. it's the toys. It's the posters. It's the buying the, of of the uh, you know mugs, the merchandise. That that is what is a huge pull when it comes to animation. Yeah. So um, I believe if, if most of them just make a mediocre film or just like tried, got, got like a, a B start with it as well, they're totally happy and, and satisfied with that. Because as you said, they've got the established audience. There's yeah. no need to take a total risk and get a total bomb. You'll make decent in the box office mm-hmm. and then probably recoup in a lot of merchandise. With that said, though, I mean, I don't think the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure adaptation, it wasn't made for a Western audience, was it? Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Exactly, no, yeah, though. Yeah. So there's different pressures there. Yeah. I think as well, like, it's really, uh, de- depending on, on you know, which adaptation it is, like, you can see, like you said, like, they've sort of gone for different targets, but I feel like a lot of them kind of just kind of, like, tiptoe into, like, making it. They're like, ooh, mm-hmm. I feel, I'm not seeing Jojo, but it sounds like Jojo's Bizarre uh, Adventures like went full on like, no, we're making this as fan service. And it's, that's the people who it's for. But I feel like a lot of them, and when watching them, they're like, they don't really, they're not confident enough to appealing to like a type of audience. So they're kind of like, we want more people to be interested in it. And that's why we're making a live action, but we don't want to uh, upset the existing fans. So we're going to try and like make it, some like we're going to try and add aspects from from the original anime and then just yeah I find like it's, it's this middle weird. ground yeah like, and as well like they're basing it off the animes and most of the time like these animes are both based off manga and they don't they don't seem to it's kind of like a watered down version yes of something else and it and they don't look at both the original original context and right. then you know they kind of like go and it's just like a really watered down thing of, and not quite. I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> no, 
Yes, I completely agree. Like it's, it's watered down of something that technically has already been reduced because changing something from be a light novel or a manga to a series, of course, something is still lost in the translation of those mediums. So then to not only adapt it to a film, but possibly to a live action film or yeah. possibly to a Western audience film, which yeah. might be completely different. So, so you're probably yeah. there's big things which are big in Eastern, uh, you know, philosophy Eastern and, and, and cinema is exchanging Western ones. Like a big one in Death Note is, um, was it one of the core relationships is changed from yes. ad- admiration to just high school uh, love, love, uh, yeah. love circle sort of thing. So yeah, it's, it's that which kind of, for me, makes it a lot more cheaper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. Though, even though it's more digestible for Westerners, sort of thing. Yeah, it's, um, it it's a main relationship, to... like uh, sort of Misa and... Uh... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to something I said on previous, <laughs> I think on our last one <laughs> that you guys were on. Um, and it was that, like, they think the audience is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, I agree with that, yeah. And it's like, stop treating the audience like they can't grasp a concept. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. I mean, um, it seems like a bit far from it, but like a lot of Asian cinema, I think we mentioned before, stuff like Ghost in the Shell massively influenced... um, The Matrix, The Matrix, yeah. Mm -hmm. A hell of a lot. And if you look at certain scenes, they literally lift certain scenes from it. And it's the same with another film called Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue is my favorite film of all time. And it's by the late, great Satoshi Kon. And there's a sequence in it. And it's one of those sequences that if you've seen the film, you'll recognize it anywhere. But there's there's a moment where a character is shot from an underwater perspective. And it's just, she basically, she just screams in frustration. And the same scene was lifted and recreated in Requiem for a Dream. I think also Black Swan as and well. And in Black Swan as well. Ah. So it's it's kind of a bit of a strange place where anime has been massively impacting the film mm. industry, even in the West, for a long time. But in these very subtle, quiet ways that maybe a, you know, a standard audience who you know, isn't into anime would never recognize it. I think it's when they're trying to tread even further into this middle ground that you described things get bad really really bad yeah. <laughs> too all too often but i mean i think like donovan you touched on so like i'll just like touch on the financial aspect and get it out of the way because obviously there is that mm-hmm. thing about you know you you put it out as long as it's not too bad where we can sell some merchandise or i wonder how well that works if you're not disney and or um, yeah, up, but I don't have the balance sheet in front of me, but um, but there is, I think there is that motivation of you know it it is a risk to create something new, uh, and I'm sure I've said this on a previous podcast. Just as a creator of something original, I've you know literally been in you know conventions and had those conversations where I can see people unwilling to take a risk on something new uh, and more mm-hmm. likely to go towards something they know. So I feel like even when you see like the sort of let's say outrage when they um sort of plan an adaptation uh, i'm sure a, a number of those people still go and see what they've been complaining about um because mm-hmm. they know it um so there's that aspect to it but um and to something that uh laura mentioned about the the different mediums which i feel is is quite right because you have this uh complete change of medium so going from manga to anime is is not so different because you are still talking about uh, drawings. So it's still these drawn worlds 
that you can, you know, the, the rules are, are slightly different in terms of what you can show and what audience will accept <laughs> as, um, as okay, uh, within that. Once you bring it to live action, I feel that's a, a, a key thing. It's a completely different medium. So things that work in a drawn format, like just will not work in mm-hmm. uh, live action. So there has to be a reason. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it has to be a reason you're doing a live action other mm-hmm. than just the financial, um, yeah, just the financial purpose of, you know, let's put this out to try and get this audience, but we don't want to change it too much because we don't upset them. But then, yeah, you're you're in that weird middle ground so uh i mean we've we've um mentioned a few specific ones i want to touch on a few specific ones and just see a bit more about what people think and um i guess let's just go to death note we've got a couple others but because mm-hmm. i'm interested i i as i mentioned didn't see death the netflix uh death note uh, and that was just partly because i watched the anime and i felt it was just so good i just again just not willing to like think badly of, of death note um but as i was seeing some of the reaction and some of the uh the criticism but also some of the, like the analysis of it i started to wonder if if death note is a bad death note film or if it's actually a bad film so for those of you that have seen it would you want to tell me like is this a like what's your take on it is it a bad film just outright or is it just the fact that it's it has death note on it i'm gonna go with it's not necessarily a terrible film <laughs> like it's i praise <laughs> it's like it's not something you go see in the cinema but it's something you might like put on when you 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 just you just need something. You just want to watch something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. It's not like I want a really good film. I just. I just want something on, and I want something. You know, that's. It's. It's all right. Like I'm gonna. I'm gonna enjoy it. You know, like. Like a McDonald's. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what you're getting. You know, it's gonna. It's gonna satisfy the needs for the moment. But like, you're not exactly. You know, making a a big deal out of it you're not going and dressing in your fancy clothes and like (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you can take a tracksuit to see this yeah Yeah. (laughs) um like but it's not it's not it's not awful it's not i think even mcdonald's might be a bit of an insult to it it might be a little bit of a higher tier than that but like a burger king like a burger king yeah Yeah, like you know like a like a lunch hall in a in a uh, in a shopping center or something, you know, it's like, oh, I like that. <laughs> and you're going to enjoy it. compliments. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not like, you're just not going out of your way for it. Like it's not that kind of thing, but it's a bad death note adaptation. I it's okay. So here's the thing. I, I've got to admit when I first watched it, watched it, I hated this film. <laughs> And it's literally because of the two leads, because there's a lot about it I was actually okay with. And I personally think Willem Dafoe as Ryuk was the most solid yeah, casting choice I, in an adaptation I've seen in such a long time. I, I love crazy Willem Dafoe. Yes. Like Spider-Man Willem Dafoe. Green and, Goblin Willem Dafoe. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that kind of Willem Dafoe. And seeing him as, as Ryuk, is, I think that was kind of like a one-for-one one because he was just yeah. chaotic neutral. And he was there... 
for shit. Sorry, can I? I... Uh, we're not supposed <laughs> to. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he was there for, you know, for the laughs. For the lols, basically. Uh, yeah, and he, it was good to see him emerge into that character. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I, I could believe that that could have been a, a great adaptation. I completely agree with that. But the thing is, the two leads and the changes made to the leads was the thing that really irritated me about this adaptation. But, or the one thing that I didn't really think about, after I watched it, I was kind of very vocal on how much I disliked it. And then Donovan was actually the one that kind of said to me, well, have you thought about it rather than being a direct one-for-one or adaptation? If you thought about if Death Note occurred in more of a Western setting, you know, if you thought about it as a Westernization of Death Note. I know that sounds like a strange thing, but the change in context, it kind of allowed me to look at some of the elements of it and kind of enjoy it a bit more. Like L is quite distinctly a little bit different in this one. But honestly, I thought it was an improvement. I really, really like the character of Elle in this version. Yeah, same. I, I, I did like him. I could accept him being um, the kid that he was in this one because I think even his backstory is slightly different as yes. well. The, the only person who ruined it vastly was the, the person. I don't even think they were called Mikasa, were they? Were they called Maya or something? It's Misa. Yeah, they changed it. It's Misa in the anime manga and, and Maya. I think she was changed to in the Netflix adaptation. <laughs> I just, just like, the worst thing about it. Yeah, I, I do believe if they just reduced her to a cameo and let them have the chemistry between uh, L and um, you know Light as well. And and, and another note, L was was played amazingly. I, I remember seeing everybody up in rows like, "What L isn't L's not black? What's going on? This yeah. is this isn't right. I can't I can't have black people in my anime. What's happening here?" <laughs> yeah. And his performance was was wicked. It, it was, was good, amazing. Yeah. And that, that's what um, kind of put him on the map for me. Mm-hmm. And then I, I thought, oh, go on. I was just going to say, like, I, I agree with uh, Elle's performance being great. And I, f- like, I feel like it's really hard to capture the type of characters that are in Death Note in a, mm-hmm. in a Western live action because they're so twisted and unique. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I car- he carried that on. Like he read, he must have read the script. Or yeah. And then, like you know, when he's like crouched up on the chair, and yeah. he's like he's in the hoodie, and he gets the sweets as well. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. so. One it. of the things I like, uh, I think we mentioned like the relationship between uh, Light and uh, Mia or uh, Misa and anime is. It, it kind of goes to a point about what tends to be lost in these adaptations and this is what i felt really felt with ghost in the show is like they have the maybe the look of the original sort of material but the nuance is lost so with the relationship between uh mia and and light uh in the uh in the anime that relationship kind of went towards uh light's character so the relationship was like very much manip- manipulating uh, mm-hmm. Misa and her being just like hopelessly uh, in love with the um, the character of um, of light that light had created, and then him himself once she finds out uh, the truth and all that. And there was like a sort of I guess like a sort of tragedy to that and uh, things. But like you say, this has just been reduced to this kind of teen I don't know teen horror kind yeah. of thing. So you're you're losing that nuance without necessarily replacing it with any real nuance in the story. And that's always like my issue with things is you're just like saying, Oh, here, here's the characters that look like the ones, you know, mm-hmm. without any depth that you've necessarily brought in this live action adaptation. So, um, and then you, you also mentioned like the fact that it takes place in, uh, in America. And obviously we've got the whole kind of whitewashing, uh, debate around that, but 
it also goes to the the idea of like how much does the the culture sort of play a role in the story that's told so again you're kind of losing that when you shift it um so much i don't know what your thoughts on that are laura like because you're uh someone you've watched it twice (laughs) so you you might have a, a, a thought on that i what do do you mean like uh death note or ghost in the shell for this one I guess it's just the general point of how much does like the culture of a story sort of impact on its telling. And then when you kind of remove that. I see. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think culture is something that you really, you can't remove. You can't remove it from an original story. It's just because the, the way we produce art, the way we produce anything, be it film or comics or, you know, absolutely anything, we put a bit of ourselves in those kinds of works of art. And we put our own culture, we put our own experiences in them, even if it's not very intentional all the time. So I think it depends on what that's being adapted, but Death Note and Ghost in the Shell in particular, I think they both have the culture of their origin kind of quite deeply ingrained within them, especially Ghost in the Shell, since it's something that, it's not a surface level story. It's not a story that can be easily transposed from one medium to another, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of nuance there as well. Absolutely. I, to be completely honest, I, um, I'm one of those people that doesn't actually mind listening to things in dub. And some people really disagree with that. But the one, one or two films that I absolutely insist on listening to in dub as well as the sub is, is Ghost in the Shell, because I think it's something that has so much nuance, so much reading behind it and concepts and philosophy behind it, that a lot can get lost even in the translation from Japanese to English. So in trying to adapt that to a, a, a live action film, a Western audience, in just the span of one film, I honestly think that was way too monumental a task to begin with. So I kind of went into that film thinking, I want to see what they do with this. And I want to see if this is a way for us to get more anime adaptations into mainstream Western cinema. But I didn't have too much faith, honestly, because... I just didn't think they had what it took to transpose all of that culture, all of that philosophy, all of the, that fantastic underlying themes and do it successfully. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> I, uh, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you there. I do try and I, I try to be open because I, I just like different stories. I'm tired of, I'm, I'm honestly sick and tired of people going into films like characters and whatnot, and they because the male and female they end up together. Uh, like yeah. sometimes I cheer when oh, right. well you can see it coming a mile off as well. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god! You know what we watched? Um, what did we watch yesterday? Oh, Edge Lived of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, yes. I loved it, and then I totally forgot the scene when they kissed each other. Like, that... and it kind of comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that. So, I, so what I'm trying to say, I like nuance. I like different. I like philosophical. I like anything that will get me thinking and if i can leave the cinema uh thinking that okay that was either a good lesson i learned or that was something i could think about a lot something longer new. yeah yes. then I, I totally appreciate it I, and yeah anything that gives it chance i'm willing to roll the dice with it like yes. with with ghost in the shell with the whitewashing uh, realistically i don't think we would ever would have seen like a hollywood film if they didn't plaster you know some some a star big left. star on mm-hmm. it yeah like i think is that, is that true because I mean, I know obviously it's true in, in some respect, but is it because when I was um, thinking about that uh, for uh, Ghost in the Shell, because that got a lot of uh, sort of whitewashing and Death Note mm-hmm. as well, uh, I, I f- uh, thought back to Ridley Scott uh, also defending his accusations. And uh, what was it? Is Exodus, where essentially they had sort of, sort of white people played um, all the main roles. And then mm-hmm. uh, I think 
I can't remember if there were, were any black people or just like have having minor roles for a story that takes place, you know, in, in the Middle East. And, and that, and he said, I'll just like read the quote because it is quite telling. But again, I don't know if it's actually true where he said, I can't mount a film of this budget where I have to rely on tax rebates in Spain and say that my lead actor is Mohammed so-and-so from such and such. Uh, I'm just not going to get it financed. So the question doesn't even come up. And yeah, I don't, cause it's not like you, we haven't seen, like great stories um whether it's tv which like the production level of of television and the budgets the television have just uh, gone up and the quality of storytelling and the audiences are still there f- even for series that don't necessarily have mm-hmm. quote-unquote big names and then if you then look at say ghost in the shell they had scarlett johansson in it and it's still bombed at the box office mm-hmm. so having a an a-list uh star lead your film it's not a guarantee that people are going to show up so I don't I don't buy that argument. I think it's very dependent on like the like what you're what you're making because I feel like Ghost in the Shell had enough sort of recognition of its existence to not need like a known celebrity on it because I know people that really have no clue about um anime and manga but Ghost in the Shell like they've either heard those words put together or seen like the cover because it's just so it's it's such a it's a bit of a classic like it's i completely agree with you there um don't get me wrong i don't think they in reality i don't think they had to actually cast someone like scarlett johansson but i think they believe they did yeah Mm -hmm. i think like in order for them to believe that they could push this film forward Yes. It's like with films in the 80s, they still kind of believe, like, you know, if we have Arnold on it or if we have Swartz, uh, sorry, um, Sly Stallone, on it, yeah, yeah they, they still think brand names will definitely push it, yes. you know, just as they think, you know, oh, we'll, we'll switch out their relationship and we'll make them boyfriend and girlfriend, and yes. that will definitely push it. That's more digestible. So that's yeah. why I'm, I'm going down the, the route of that they'll wore it down mm-hmm. and just replace the heads with with recognizable brands and recognizable names and that it will sell like and that's what they think will sell yeah. exactly yeah. the thing is we they underestimate their audience again <laughs> just yeah, exactly. back to every time they underestimate us and I, they underestimate people that haven't been involved i feel like some just other things might benefit from having someone more known in them because maybe the the brand isn't so recognized but yeah definitely for ghost in the shell i feel like it was it's big enough so that people like that wouldn't have watched yeah and to, to be honest i would watch it more if they pushed uh, the co-stars they had beat takeshi in it i, I love the, you know i would see it 10 yeah. times over more <laughs> than scarlett johansson um they had so many other people as well the guy who played togusa i can't remember his name but i love the actor as well yes the thing is, well, I really, I've, I've, we've talked about this in Melon Gamer so many times. We know that you don't necessarily need an A-list star to push something like this. You, Tazzy, you're completely right when you say that, you know, Ghost in the Shell, even if the standard audience hasn't heard of it, you know, in depth, chances are they might have seen it somewhere. They might have heard those words together because it resonates so deeply that it moves beyond anime. Because it's one of those films that even if you don't like anime, chances are you, you like know about it. Yes. Or at least yeah. you, yeah, you know about but it. But this is where the gap exists, I think, between the audiences and the film industry. And you're completely right. They think we're stupid. They think we could like, oh, what is Ghost in the Shell? 
and it's got Scarlett Johansson. I have to see the site. It's like, that's not how we think. Yeah, but I feel like we I have evolved. That's where the gap from that. Yeah, there's like, um, it's like the, the, the industry, at least the sort of Western sort of film uh, industry, is operating on a model that worked in like, I don't know, the 80s and 90s. But it doesn't necessarily up. now. Yeah. It goes exactly what yeah. back to what Donovan said with Sly yeah. and Arnie. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think as well for me, like there's there's two main reasons I watch anime. The themes that they cover tend to or or the way they cover certain themes tend to be more complicated. And just I don't know, I feel like they take more risks than than other things. And then the second thing is uh, how they use techniques to accentuate uh, emotions, mm-hmm. um, which is why I liked the the Full Metal Alchemist adaptation uh, because in the in the anime uh, I love how they like use chibi and uh, like different like comical animations and text over animation uh, to push like comedy and or emotional points. Mm. Um, and they kind of done they kind of like added a nod to that in the adaptation and I was like wow I don't think anyone would think of a way to like like think of a way to translate that into a film version and I feel like they done that and I got like that sense and I was like oh yeah definitely like a lot of it still comes back to the matrix if you think of particular scenes like uh think back to when Agent Smith is is like a thousand like fist, like yes. like punching mm. the, the floor, yes. And how many times you've seen that in anime? Yeah. And you could yeah. easily comprehend like a slow motion punch being like an anime still, you know, yeah, power like a still, still frame. frame. So I, I do appreciate that sort of like the high ceiling animation has, and especially Japanese animation where yes, there's just a whole lot more philosophy that can play in it as well. I yeah, so I can. I think there's an interesting point, though, because I think for, you know, anime in its traditional sense, it's respected as an art form and as a medium that can be suitable for adults and children and everybody of all ages. Whereas over here, we kind of have this a strange idea that if something's animated, it's for children. Yeah, I, I think maybe that will sort of like loosen up very soon. I hope so. um, mm. A big trend, and I, I'm sorry, but I, I hate this trend as well, is those cheap, tacky over-the-top cartoons which are made for adults yes but they're, they've got the like ugly got, as hell they're ugly as hell yeah and they've got like, <laughs> got like an adult humor, humor cartoons yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'm, I'm sorry this, this might you know offend all your fans but I, I big big mouth i don't get it i don't understand it and family <laughs> guy you know i just i can't deal with it but at least i believe with that we'll have a generation of people who can accept cartoons period yes can be aimed toward all, all the audience and maybe okay. maybe there'll be more open-ended to accept Japanese animation and anime. So. Yeah. so I'm, I'm actually. It's going to be weird, me of all people saying this. I'm, I'm slightly more pessimistic about that. Ah. Um, yeah, just because I feel sometimes that perception and stereotyping holds like so tightly, and uh, so this is you know uh, slightly off this specific. Uh, specific topic but i mentioned this story in a recent panel we did on on video games and well-being Mm -hmm. and i told a story of um someone i spoke to last year who so uh there's a conversation about life insurance so you know there's nothing to do with anything but uh, i told a person i told her that i you know i work in i make comics and i uh also have a video game event and these are the, the industries i work in and she was like 
aren't all video game uh, players bombs? Like literally, those are the words that came out of her wow. mouth. And, oh. I, I, and I'm going to really get angry at this. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I'm sorry, Tazzy, he's got to hear this again. But yeah, and at first when she said it, I, I kind of thought she was saying it tongue in cheek. So I was like, well, no, you know, this is where it is now, and this is our event. Yeah. But she held on to that. She it was this, and <laughs> it was not getting through to her at wow. all. And it just made that made me realize, like, I'll never forget that because it made me realize that, like, so all, obviously we all know where gaming has come from and the state of it like now mm-hmm. uh, and obviously there are areas where it can improve and uh, moving forward but we know what it is but she still had this perception from ages ago that all video game uh, all people that play games are doing nothing with their lives they're just oh like alone it, and it held and that's why like coming back to animation where for whatever reason i feel that that view of uh cartoons anything animated unless it's like the ones that donovan has mentioned or things like archer um are for adults everything else is kids and i feel i don't obviously it's not true but the stereotype mm-hmm. still holds so i don't know how to how to chip away uh, at that i mean obviously obviously it does kind of improve with things like i mean we talked about uh, avatar and how that is a kid's show but the fact that it does discusses such complex themes means that adults can take uh, a lot from it as well and things like that are uh, so maybe even a better uh example going forward of um examples of like cartoons that adults can enjoy maybe that helps break the perception but yeah it's it's tough mm-hmm. i think it'll be tough to to kind of break that uh, that stereotype i think it will get broken i think there's always going to be the people whether it's video games or anything else that are going to be like that that thing is just for that group of people mm-hmm. and you'll never ever be able to like completely eradicate that that mindset because yeah. people will just pass it down and and people don't like new things and people don't like change mm. uh it, it's a it's a slow process but i think you know i'm so used to hearing people go oh like i, I just don't get into anime i just don't understand it and i'm like you can't you can't do that you, that's like yeah. saying, i'm not into films Exactly. Like, <laughs> there's so many genres and i like i like i have a thing someone asked me i was like no there's an anime for literally everyone like what what theme what stories do you enjoy because there's there's a story for you and anime has a beautiful way of exploring so many different stories and different different aspects and there are you know there are some that have been most that have obviously been adapted from from a a physical sort not they're not you know what i mean like a a paper-based source yes Uh, (laughs) But there are still some that are uh, original, like original video there and their stories that have like, there's no adaptation, there's no missing anything because that's just where they've come from. And and there's something for everyone. There's like horror is like one of the best anime <laughs> categories yeah, 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 you because there's so much you can do. Yeah. <laughs> you can get so weird. And yeah, I think oh that God, is one of the... <laughs> yeah, and I think that is... Um like having a more positive outlook here but that is one of the good things about anime adaptations because i agree with you tazzy i think like for me like anime manga the diversity of storylines and perspectives is more than you will find in western cartoons western uh animation and uh and even arguably just western like at least hollywood as well just the the breadth Mm -hmm. of Mm storylines so the the process of taking or like uh adapting 
some of those diverse storylines for western audience like i'm i'm on board for that if, if it gets people to understand there are, there are more perspectives and uh, yes some of them a lot of them are weird um maybe not all of them need to be adapted but um uh, <laughs> the ones that are sort of safe um yeah can be adapted and then you're introducing those perspectives to uh, an audience that isn't used to them i think that's good that's like good mm. for uh, storytelling and, and yeah getting people to understand um perspectives but i i wonder if there is a like because there are certainly challenges to adapting uh anime and some of it comes from the uninformed uh audience that has a perception of what anime is um and just doesn't want to engage with it just based on that perception uh, i feel there's another sort of challenge and it comes with the conversation about how close do you stick to the source material and essentially will fans of the anime being adapted even <laughs> allow for uh, an adaptation to be done because another thing I, I i feel is when you're adapting something yes you want to like be faithful to the source material but it doesn't necessarily mean you should be beholden particularly when you're crossing mediums mm -hmm. that are just so unrelated you will have to change things and changing things isn't necessarily a bad thing in itself so how do you feel or like where do you feel is the balance between sort of adapting and staying true quote-unquote true to the source material and just changing things to make ultimately a better story in that medium it's a really difficult one because mm. it is a bit of a case-by-case -case basis very similar to the discussion we had about you know video game adaptations but i think just thinking about some of the ones that I've seen work very well, like Battle Angel Alita, mm -hmm. I actually went into that. Ones. Exactly, yeah. I went into that not knowing much about Alita um, as the manga. And I watched it and I enjoyed it. I had a few very little qualms with it, but overall I thought it was a great experience. And then I went on, well, Donovan went on oh to God, I, uh... rinse the manga. <laughs> Just every night I was like reading the next volume. Mm -hmm. I, and that's I, what I want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's, you're the you're the the case study. <laughs> exactly. But what did you? I mean, what did you think of it? Having watched it first and then read the manga. I, you know what? With with Battle Angel, it's it's done so condensed, even in the anime. Yes. That I think they did a really really good job in the movie to get every beat for beat, sort of stroke for stroke, for like the first uh, for the first volume, mm -hmm. and then for the whole anime without losing too much for it so i think it did a, a great job all the way around so that one was a really uncompromising one mm. where they just adapted it as it was and they were uncompromising in that vision but yeah. to be fair i've seen that similarly not work in others though i was gonna say though it's sometimes it's the world because um we've you know I, I think i don't know what it is but i think westerners love wasteland you know what i mean they love, <laughs> nuclear power, love building crap up from nothing and you know, hey, I've got mm -hmm. 12 bottle caps, sell me some. Yeah, what is it with I, I don't know. And, and we love cyber sort of punk and yes, tech as well. Yes, yes, yeah. So I think with that as well, it was it's so familiar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's so much more easier for, for us to take in because I believe, oh man, uh, uh, you know, yeah, loads of people have watched Mad Max. Yes. If you played Fallout, you pretty much digested Mad Max. If you watch Fist of the North Star, That's you've Mad digested Max. Mad Max. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a familiarity that we kind of already have. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, with Battle Angel, I think the most anime they went was with the actual person. Yeah. I, I don't know. As I was watching the film, I, I was kind of thinking, why did they have to actually CGI? I know she's like a high-tech 
you know, a cyborg, but mm-hmm. it got to the point where it's like you took in the eyes and the anime and stuff like that, yes. but it kind of wasn't needed, but, but yeah. But that's what I mean. I think it added some magic to it. Like it made it so she was so, cause she's, she's special. Like even, even amongst um, cyborgs, she's, she's unique. So I feel like the, the way they pulled used uh, like a very anime style of mm. look to, to make her look so unique uh, helped in just highlighting that sh- that she's unique to to anyone in that that even in that world. And it was a great way to sort of be like, here's a nod to to anime and manga start like art style, but also like it's a tool to to show something. Totally. Um, and like the theme of it was like I've not read the manga or watched the anime, but it still feels like. It feels quite anime. It doesn't dumb down. It doesn't. It doesn't feel dumbed down. Uh, like watching it individually, it like you can feel some of those themes run through. Yeah, like, definitely. That's the most important thing to adapt in something. Is it's the characters and the th- the theme of them ha- has to run through, mm-hmm. and you can sort of be flexible. But if you can feel like you're ta- if you you can feel like you're spending time with that character or in that world. Uh, with those themes then you know there's freedom there yeah i i definitely definitely agree with you there like I, again i feel like it was annotated so well because the, even the theme is it's kind of like working and just getting by day to day just yeah. surviving and literally just just to climb to the upper class you know climb the the, the rat race and, yes. and you know climb the pole to like freedom and salvation sort of thing that sort of mm-hmm. overlying theme is a it's something that resonates with with everybody i think so and I think that's the way this one worked. I think the fact that they picked a story which had, you know, the Wasteland Mad Max kind of theme. So it had tropes in the setting that felt somewhat familiar. They had themes, mm. like you guys said, that, you know, everybody can identify with that, trying to climb to the top, trying to get something better yourself and making it through day to day. That's a theme everyone can identify with. So in making those familiar, but then being uncompromising in the delivery of everything else, yeah. I think that's what really makes some adaptations work well yeah mm-hmm. and i think the uncompromising thing is is a good point in in terms of because when you're about to change things there you can expect a certain level of backlash and i think for alita in particular with alita's eyes and james cameron wanted to stick uh, faithfully to the representation from the manga uh, i know there was a backlash in terms of the look um on the eyes but he stuck with it and I think that you need to do to a certain extent. Like we talked about uh, Logan on a on a past uh, episode and how the director had respect for the source material, but not too much respect in that he then changed uh, elements of uh, the source material, some of which was from the comic uh, Old Man Logan, took what he needed to to make a good film story. Uh, and I feel a certain level of that is needed where you, you have to... Yeah, you have to stay true in the face of that backlash from from fans because there will be people that just don't change anything, make it the way it's it is in my head. Yeah, and anything mm. other than that is is rubbish, and you're yeah you're a disgrace, and you're yeah ruining my childhood or whatever the complaint may be. So yeah, I think there's an element of that needing to respect the source material, but go through on the vision for the medium that you are in. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so in uh, speaking of source material and uh, respect or lack thereof, uh, I do want to touch on uh, Avatar uh, as we <laughs> as we bring the conversation to a close because I'm I'm somewhat fascinated by the where this is going and and why this is going as well because so you have the series which was uh, if I haven't said it many times already uh, I think is an amazing story very well told mm-hmm. story. You then have M. Night uh, Shyamalan come along, do something in film. Um, I don't know what, <laughs> but he did, he did something. He definitely did something. We can all agree on that. And just, it was uh, it was terrible. And yet, we have this story where the uh, Netflix uh, people are looking to make a live action series. So the reason I'm interested in this is kind of going back to the question asked in in the beginning is sort of who are these for and why do they keep making them and i think this is a good example of uh, an argument to make something which i don't necessarily disagree with uh, i just question if it's necessary so mm-hmm. we've got a popular uh franchise in a sense in in avatars well respected uh, and it has a a big uh, adoring fan base you know sort of i'll put the film aside uh, for the moment but in terms of wanted to make a live action i think for netflix from their perspective and it's a business perspective uh, as donovan mentioned you know you want to sell stuff <laughs> off the back of a story mm-hmm. so they want their franchise they want their harry potter their star wars you know for them so they can sell subscriptions uh things like that but yeah i just i, I just again i just question is it necessary and i, I think to a certain extent of adaptations, if you're looking purely on the sort of artistic merits, you have to question, does this, does do certain stories need to be told again? Because Avatar for me is a good example of a story that is fine in the medium yes. it is told. And if you want to make it live action, I, I don't know what you can add, what live action can add to that story. Yeah, uh, I just don't know what it can add. But at the same time, I understand why they're going ahead with it despite the uh, uh so-called disaster that was the the film so i don't know how much you guys know about the the planned production of the live action series but what do you think are the prospects for it um and yeah do you think it's something that might be good um or not to be completely honest um from what i heard last the original creators have stepped away from the project and I really don't want to completely throw it into the <laughs> fiery heap of trash that I'm expecting to maybe have to throw it on. But it's never a good sign when the original creators have decided no. to separate themselves because, frankly, you have to believe that they want to tell this story to as many people mm. as possible and they want to share this fantastic story. So for them to step away, you can't feel like that's a small act. Yeah, yeah, yeah that uh, says to me it, that there are definitely. there are forces that are pushing them in directions they don't feel benefits the the story, and they being the original creators, you'd think you want to go in a the direction they uh, they see fit. Especially reading their actual like their um, announcements of stepping yeah. down uh, was very much like. Oh, okay, you know, it was a lot of it's not going in the direction that we see. They wanted to take it somewhere else. And you're like, so basically it's not Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> what you're, saying. you're being really nice about saying yeah. they, they've butchered it. <laughs> this kind of reminds me of, and Don, we talked about this before, but do you remember when um, they brought out things, like Disney, when they mm-hmm. brought out like the Lion King adaptation, brought about Ooh. the Aladdin adaptation? Yeah. And what you, you said to me, like, 
why? Like, yeah, what did you say to me on that? I honestly can't remember word for word, but it was on the lines of, of why. It might have just been, like, why extended, but, yeah, yeah it was just, like, I don't know who's it for. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I totally feel like, you. I, feel, like, I, I watched The Lion King. I didn't watch Aladdin, but I watched The Lion King, and, like, the original Lion King is one of my favourite Disney animations, just full stop. And mm. as I'm watching The Lion King, I'm, like, oh cool yeah this is the bit where oh yeah, yeah this is the bit where and i'm i was enjoying it in the moment but then when i thought about it, i was like did i actually enjoy that telling of the film or did i just enjoy being reminded of the <laughs> original moments Very. and then yeah as i thought about it more i'm like actually it wasn't like it wasn't bad but similar to ghost in the shell it, it just felt like a uh, a show and and Beyonce obviously is very talented not sort of uh, disparaging any uh, musical talent she's not a voice mm-hmm. actor and <laughs> I feel mm-hmm. you you can see the difference between yeah someone who can voice act and uh, someone who can't yeah. because uh, and specifically for The Lion King what it lost in live action uh, as Tazzy has mentioned is a lot of the expression and when you had the the original animation you can get a lot of the the feelings of the characters in the moments the variety that you can express through drawn animation that just didn't come through when you're when I'm looking at a sort of deadpan uh, animal it just, didn't just work. my thing is sorry my thing is just for especially for like the disney adaptations is why i i there's a few that are good i really enjoyed aladdin uh and the cinderella live action uh amazing and they actually done something to improve the stories in those Mm -hmm. um change some slight things made things that were like questionable in the originals anyway uh and like updated them uh cinderella just took a very good good turn it was very good um (laughs) but like lion king as soon as i heard it i was like so you're making a cgi adaptation of an animation (laughs) because it's not really live action because nothing in it is live action it's all cgi (laughs) you can't why why does it animation is clearly the best form to make animals <laughs> alive like an expression for and like add that human touch to them doesn't make sense that one really baffles me same reason why i haven't watched uh uh jungle book yet i'm like it stems somewhat from a lack of respect for animation to some degree because it's like i feel like when it comes to things like lion king i mean this might not be the case but it's like I think sometimes they see it like, okay, let's adapt it to live action because, oh, you know, you've earned it. So we'll give you a legitimate art form now. It's like, no, just because it's animated, it's Mm -hmm. just as amazing as if it was going to be live action. But I kind of feel like the film needs to translate it. And we don't really need to, frankly, because it's kind of great as it is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, And I think, yeah, that is sort of back to the earlier point about, yeah, the lack of respect for that medium. It it does seem like there's a hierarchy where sort of uh, cinema is seen at the top and you have to sort of graduate to that so if your if your little animation is done well here okay we'll give you the (laughs) the big the big boys table and like what you said like does it add anything by adapting it you know i think in some cases it's like yes yes uh, having a live action or cgi (laughs) adaptation in some cases does add to it or it helps to like bring a world to like a realistic life that you're like, oh, like I don't that you could see yourself in it. But like again, Lion King, you as a human being aren't going to be standing in the middle of <laughs> a lion herd. Like no, like let's have Lion King, but just lions, and then just hope for the best. 
Maybe they'll move in the direction we need them to move in. Who you, knows? You know, I wonder what the experience is for somebody who's never seen The Lion King, but like not a child as well. Like yeah. a fully yeah, adult. Yeah. The original, if they were like, oh my God, that was so good. I was like, this is the weirdest parody <laughs> of, of nature I've ever seen. Uh, but anyway, on this note, I know this, this doesn't have anything to do with, with the core theme of our podcast, but I just want to ask just for two seconds, has anybody seen the new Mulan? Like, I'm not seeing it. I'm not person. paying to... <laughs> I'm not paying extra uh, to see it on Disney Plus, and I'm not going to the cinema at the moment. So Disney Plus is totally reasonable, right? On top of a subscription, completely. Yeah, I I can understand uh, why they've gone in that direction. Yeah, I get why from their end, but it doesn't justify like paying twenty pounds. I mean, I have a massive TV, so it's like, oh, it's going to look good anyway. But like, if I'm just thinking, if I didn't have my housemate's TV, I'd be watching it on like a little monitor in my (laughs) computer chair, and I'm like. 20 pounds that's more expensive than the cinema <laughs> yeah no I, I think to um yeah for disney from yeah they're looking at sort of if you think of the average family for like a disney film for people and going to the cinema and the cost of that so yeah but i, I haven't seen although i am interested again to see like how they've uh, adapted uh that animation to the well i was going to say big screen the screen <laughs> <laughs> um but um so um just to bring it to a close i'm interested to know because as with the video game adaptations uh same with the anime adaptations we are going to see more of these so we don't have a choice in that so is there (laughs) any anime maybe one that hasn't been done but even one that has been done but maybe not but been done properly (laughs) that you'd like to see be done properly Uh, as any anime that you like to see adapted Mm -hmm. into a live um live action film let's start oh with can you Tazzy. come to me last <laughs> let's not start with Tazzy. Let, um, <laughs> let's start uh, with Donna you know one. uh you know what actually there's two in the pipeline and there's one that i really want to see mm-hmm. um I'll, I'll tell you one that i really want to see because i i saw um these creatives on youtube make a really good ad- adaptation with a zero budget it yeah. was amazing and i really want to see one punch man adaptation i would love that i was and, thinking that Mm, I I do believe as well that you could flawlessly just pick it up and put it into into the real mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. and put it into our world and and still go through the themes of I, well I just think the theme is like having being the the best at yes. something you'll still get brought down some way or you'll still want you still have want to needs want yeah yeah, yeah you still have aspirations for it and I I would I would love just something different from a superhero angle do you know what i mean yeah, yes. okay yeah, yeah. let's still have superheroes but you know let's have the weird ones like what was it Dogman and, and muscle <laughs> muscle very, very prisoner, very, very yeah. prisoner yes. I, I would love to see those, those like quirky uh spoofs of, yes. of, 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 of uh superhero films and i think this is probably or well, once we're allowed outside again it would be the perfect time to bring out something like this as I well so, so that, that's something i would i would die to see I think um, that would work. Do you know why? I'm so I I'm not a massive fan of One Punch Man. Uh, I got I got really, but it's it's a parody of anime. Like so, it would work perfectly on film because it's it's already a parody. <laughs> yeah, I just think the transition would would just be flawless, and there'd be so many tropes that people would be able to cotton on. Yes, like oh, oh well, since you don't watch it, and it might spoil it a little bit. One of the one of the the strongest heroes looks intimidating as all hell, 
but he's actually just a normal dude and nobody yeah. fusses with him just because he looks super strong. Yeah, he's just a big dude and no one's called him out on it yet. Yeah. But I, I, that's one I'd definitely love to see. The other ones on the side, I, I'd love to see. I keep hearing Akira's in production. Ah, oh, Akira's yeah. been in production for oh. decades. And uh, Cowboy Bebop is is an, is like my ah, favorite yes. anime. That is the one and, I was going to suggest. Uh, I'm sorry for stealing it from you, but, but no, I, would, I, I would oh, love that. Such great suggestions. Uh, I think Cowboy Bebop would be a really enjoyable adaptation. And like, I think they can do a good job of it. It's, yeah. not, it's not too out there that it will be tough to sort of replicate in live action. And it has some really good themes that... I think, yeah, someone can do a good job of that. Well, hopefully they are, because it's, it's coming at some point. Okay, um, yeah, that, that what about right you, Laura? Oh, that's so hard yeah. to follow up on. You've got two solid Are we just all going to agree with... Because I think Donovan's won this game. I've got to admit, those are some solid oh, it was Bioshock last session, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, you need to work in production. <laughs> what I will say about One Punch Man, though, is that I feel that if they were to do it, I feel they would mess it up by casting The Rock and... Um, oh god can you as, much as, I, as much as i like uh the rock in in certain cases yeah yeah not yeah it's not yeah. oh my god what would be like the worst lineup scarlett johansson is genos oh god no that would be pretty terrible mm. in oh my terms god. of actual I've got stuff I suggest oh yeah sure go ahead uh so one of my favorite uh anime series is samurai shampoo what a good um, choice. I'm, I'm kind of scared to make this choice because it's, <clears throat> again, it's it's one of those, it's so good, why would you need to tell it another medium? But since mm-hmm. we're playing this game, yeah, that's one I feel they could potentially do a good job at. I can see that working. I, I really could. I mean, if, um, I feel like the, the sort of like, like African-American sort of adaptation into anime was, was um, uh, Afro Samurai. And I yes. saw that before. Yes. Samurai Champloo, and too. that had the that had a massive like following from a, a lot of my friends who weren't anime fans who mm-hmm. you know did sort of vibes from Afro and then learned like oh my god it's Samuel L. Jackson in it then it's Ron Perlman yes. and Lucy Liu as as well sort of thing so I would mm-hmm. I would love to see that again casting uh, Scarlett Johansson as Mugen yes of course, wow. of course. <laughs> the rock is she, she's getting no 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 the rock is true <laughs> she... the rock is true why not <laughs> um be honest do you know what it's really difficult because easily my favorite anime director is satoshi Kon, and some of his work like perfect blue uh millennium actress tokyo godfathers i love them as they yeah. are and honestly a paprika i don't think you can truly trans transpose them into live action film and not lose the magic of the original films but if i did have to pick one i think perfect blue would be a good choice just because it's it's bizarre have you guys seen perfect blue I haven't. No, I haven't. Have to look that up. I need to watch that. I so recommend it. But one of the things that's really incredible about it, um, it came out in like 1997, and it was very much at the advent of you know people having like personal computers mm. in their homes and things like that. And yet, the themes of it, the ideas of things like online identity, alternate identity, and the ident- the relationship between um, an entertainer as a mm. person and their the concept of them from their fans. It's oh, such a modern concept. It's, yeah. yeah, without I'm spoiling it, yeah, you should you, you should definitely watch it without spoiling it too much. That it, like I've seen it like six times. Me too. And at so many moments, you even as a viewer, you're watching it, and you're like, wait, but she was doing this, and wait, hold on, no, she was doing that. You yes, know what I mean? It, exactly. It's, it's such a real for an animation. It's a good sort of 
um, tricky sort of like video film yeah. to watch. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm getting <laughs> no. It's <laughs> just like no, it's one of those. You've already sold me. I'm I'm watching it. I think it could work as a live action, but do you know what? More, more than anything, I'd want it to exist as a live action to get people to what basically to get people to watch the animation and understand just how much yeah. can be done with this medium. Uh, and the thing with the animation from Perfect Blue, it's not like people are going wild with powers or being really cryptic. It's just like it, it's 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 boosted up by a little level that it's it's surreal. Yes, Do you know what I mean. It's the little bit. Surrealism that they add to it that adds that little bit extra, mm -hmm. and um, I just to jive in as well. And the one from Satoshi Kon, yeah, it's very similar to Perfect Blue, but I think you might be able to get into it easier. Is Millennium Actress? That's beautiful. And the main concept is of that is there's like this retired, famous Japanese like actress who's like uh, I think she's lived for a hundred years, yeah, and she has such a really good, amazing decorated uh, career that these uh, indie filmmakers just want to go and interview her yes. because her uh, her uh, fear is being broken down or, or, or yes. demolished. And they go and talk to her and she's given her story of all the careers and all of the life experiences mm -hmm. through um, the films that she's done. Yes. And as the film's going on, certain things bleed over from different films. So one minute she's a, she's doing like a samurai sort of ninja on a sort of like uh, oh, scene. Yes. And then you're thinking, hang on, this this might actually be what she's actually talking about. Yeah. And as the film goes on, it all bleeds and mix into again, I don't want to spoil this. Yeah. <laughs> um well then I can I can give my uh my answer then. <laughs> um I'm gonna go with so like I, the reason why I didn't want to answer is because I was like, I don't want to go for something that's because I enjoyed the anime. Because uh, it wouldn't necessarily be able to do well as an adaptation. Uh, so I'm going for something that I think can easily be done as a live action adaptation. And has like things that can easily be done and are understood. And like it really doesn't have to. Anyway, <laughs> it's not think we're dumb because it's it, for those themes that people get and have been done in... in in a Western before, uh, and it's Black Lagoon. Ah, oh, I haven't, I haven't that's a classic. Still, is that about mercenaries? Black Lagoon. Kind of, yeah. Uh, so it's like your your like office guy. He gets ended. He ends up being held hostage uh, for a ransom on on a boat, <laughs> and he kind of uh, is. I think. He doesn't really. He doesn't really feel like he fits in, or he just. He's just kind of like going for the motions of life, you know, get a good job and 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 be all good. And he gets yeah. So he gets kidnapped and held for ransom, and and he realizes that his company just doesn't value him, <laughs> and that he's just like a resource. Interesting. And then the American the, dream. The crew are kind of like, I mean, you can either come with us or die. Like. We're not going to kill you, but we're going to leave you. <laughs> we're just going to leave you behind. Like, and then it's just kind of then he doesn't know what he's doing or how he fits in, but uh, like he ends up sort of joining them, and like it's just like this journey into like his archaic side, and these characters that are just kind of they're just living their lives. You know, they've just gone through these paths not because they're bad people, but because of their situations. And like, there's just some really good relationships in it, and some crazy action scenes that could be done really well. And you know, like the the, the in terms of you wouldn't lose much. Well, you would. You always would. But 
there's things that can be done to not lose out too much on like the animation side, like the action scenes. It's like, we know how to do action in cinema. So mm. you can focus on not worrying about having to dumb down the, the relationships between characters. Cause it, there's enough themes that like people will recognize mm-hmm. that they'll enjoy it. Even if they don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds really good. I'm going to have to yeah. check out the source. It's actually given me a lot of vibes from the film wanted. Have you you've seen that before? Oh, I have yeah. seen it. I'm trying to it, remember. It, it's it. um, a Chris, oh, what's she called now? Oh, damn. Uh, Angelina Jolie and yes. um, yeah, 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 and like a kind of mundane office worker, like you said, is is kind of thrown into a uh, assassin syndicate, mm-hmm. and he's awful at it at the start, and he kind of gets the ropes and yes. gets used to it. So it gives, it's giving me that vibe. So it's definitely got that kind of vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's worth checking out. It's such a great anime. Um. And yeah, because as well, they would they would be able be able to they wouldn't necessarily have to do that story. They could quite easily take the characters and give them a, an original story. Oh, that's a really good point. Actually, we didn't even cover that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's why I think it'd be great because you could you know could quite easily just be like a an offshoot shoot film mm. that's like you know it's in between two episodes or you know <laughs> one of those ones. It'd be great. Yeah. No, I think that's a, a good shot. I've definitely got some um, additions to watch lists. And I, I think if we've learned nothing, that anime is great and you should be watching more anime. Um, <laughs> but... And that is definitely not just for kids because Black Lagoon is def- definitely not for kids. I'm pretty Wait, sure 18. Sorry, there's one thing I wanted to mention real quick. Did sure. anybody um, fall fly of Blockbuster when they were a kid? When the really inappropriate anime was put in the kids section because they didn't understand that it was an 18? <laughs> My uh, where well, I used to rent them from, they were too wise, they knew they put it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know, I got a few ones I shouldn't have had. I definitely got a sh- few ones I definitely shouldn't have had as a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, um, but yeah, no, I, I think we've uh, yeah, we kind of looked into different aspects of like anime adaptations uh as i mentioned i feel like i now want to go and watch more uh anime but let us know what you think what do you feel about anime adaptations or any that you feel have been done well or in the case of law so bad that you enjoy those are acceptable too Uh, and let us know (laughs) what anime you feel could be done well as a live action uh, adaptation as always you can send your feedback for this episode to our email address feedback at mymatter.com and before we end we want to find out what our guests have been up to or are going to be up to yeah so we actually have a um an event for sickle cell uh, september mm-hmm. uh, we're doing a 24-hour stream on the 19th yes we are and indeed. yeah you know you can pop by uh, check out the Melanin Gamers. There's going to be a whole variety of streamers, and we're going to be featured on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Funnily enough, relative to the stream, we're the weird anime kids yes. on on Melanin Gamers. So when everybody's playing cool stuff like Call of Duty and Apex, Apex. we're playing some weird anime Japanese game all the time. So <laughs> please, if you've got any time, please come by, check us out, check out the 24-hour stream, and please, if you've got any spare change, don't mind, five pounds, mm-hmm. five tuppence, you know, five shillings, anything at all, you know, please oh, donate if you can. Do you know what? Even if you don't have anything to spare, we completely understand. If you just show up to mm. Melanin Gamers Twitch, come over to the website, yes. see what they're about, listen to our fantastic lead, Creatively Anzi, Annabelle, mm-hmm. talk about her experiences, talk about some of the fantastic things she's been up to to raise awareness. That will be more than enough. Last time we did this, we had a fantastic turnout, mm, yeah. some Really great 
um, inspiring people we listen to from professional industries, from streamers, influencers. So it'll be a fantastic time. So check it out. Cool. All right. So yeah, thank you, uh, Laura and Donovan for joining us again. Um, As always, great to speak to you about adaptations there seems to be a running theme but uh yeah and look forward to your third appearance when as i mentioned uh you will then be judged uh on any future definitely <laughs> we've enjoyed our time so far and if it ends at three you know what i'm 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 happy that you've yeah. had us here for as long as you have i hope it's fun <laughs> you know yeah. but i i keep telling you to watch terrible anime and terrible adaptations so if you want to keep Donovan. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. So we've had a hell of a lot of fun. So thank yeah, you so it's, much it's for having wonderful. us. It's you, wonderful. You know, you have us on your, your platform. It's a wonderful platform. And, yes. Uh, I've been listening to all the uh, other previous episodes, and I love the range as well. So Yeah, no, I appreciate you uh, joining us. So, yeah, as always, listeners can uh, follow, listen, and subscribe to Story X Story on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, please do leave us a rating or a review so we can reach more people. Uh, you can also share with your friends and followers. Uh, I've already touched on the story for our Kickstarter, but just a reminder that we do have a Kickstarter for Serious Through the Fog, which is crowdfunding now until October the 5th. So please do check that out, as well as our existing manga at myamada.com forward slash manga. Um, I didn't touch on it today, but we do have a GamePad online event coming on September 26th, um, where, again, sort of online game streaming, uh, community uh, activities, cosplay, uh, and interviews with professionals from the video game games industry. So you can check that out at GamePad.events. And stay tuned for more episodes of the podcast, including creator interviews, video game discussions, and deep dives into stories across pop culture our email address is feedback at mayamada.com you can also check out the website to subscribe and listen to future episodes which is mayamada.com forward slash story x story until next time stay tuned and continue to stay safe